We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Fitzy and Hart. WEEI Football Sunday is co-sponsored by Zudi. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit ZUDY.com for your free trial. By New England Recovery Center in Westboro where recovery is possible by your local New England Kubota tractor dealers by Northeast Electrical where pros need pros at needco.com by Catches Law Group the personal injury pros at catcheslaw.com and by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Windows dealer now WEEI Football Sunday and a very pleasant Good morning to one and all. This is WEEI Football Sunday, doing business as Fitzy and Hart and also the Six Rings Brothers. You can give us a call anytime at 617-779-7937. That's the telephone number. Lock it in and use it anytime, anywhere, anyhow. Thanks for listening to us all across the WEEI Sports Radio Network. We are Boston Sports Original, WEEI.com, and of course on the free Odyssey app. You can text us at 37. 93.7, and of course the socials, at WEEI, at Fitzy GFY, and at Jumbo Heart. What a jam-packed, packed, jammed show we've got for you today. At 11 o'clock, we'll be joined by the one, the only, the almighty and powerful, original Patriots insider himself from NBC Sports Boston, Tom E. Curran. In the 1 o'clock hour, we'll check in with our Patriots beat writer from WEEI.com, Kyrie Thompson. And at 2, you just heard him. On the producer show, he's going to rejoin us for some propositionals, parlays, teases, and more. That's right. It's going to be wager time with Shime Time himself, Chris Shime. I have said one and many a time that I believe Divisional Football Weekend is the preeminent. It is the best. It's my absolute favorite football weekend. I liken it to Thanksgiving is usually my favorite of all the holidays, uh, I think uh, I would rank it Divisional Weekend, Championship Sunday, Super Bowl. And I rank it like Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Super Bowl is kind of an amateur hour as far as it goes, like with all the commercials and everything viral and the parties and casuals watching and talking. Divisional Weekend is the best. And I got to say, as excited as I was for yesterday, it was a bit of a lackluster Divisional Saturday where the biggest storyline, the biggest takeaway from the day is that the likely MVP of the 2022 season could very well be injured enough that he may be compromised for Championship Sunday. Now, whether that game is played in his house out in Kansas City or at a neutral site in Atlanta, them's the details that we'll figure out today. And we should probably know by about quarter after six, or if it goes as long as last week's game, it'll be about seven o'clock because that was a four-hour game in Buffalo last week. But Patrick Mahomes gets injured yesterday in a 27-20 win against the Jaguars. The Chiefs were in control the entire way. Mahomes gets his ankle rolled up. He's out in the second quarter. Chad Henney leads a 98-yard touchdown drive. And then Patrick Mahomes, who's clearly compromised and can't put any pressure or weight on his right ankle, comes back into the game 
And I dare say the Chiefs' offense took a step back, and they were led by their defense and, unfortunately, self-inflicted wounds by the Jaguars. Otherwise, they were in jeopardy of losing that game. That's the biggest take. It was a good game. It wasn't a great game. And then the night game was one of the all-time throttlings that we've seen. When I say it was 38-7 and it wasn't even that close, I mean it. I mean, what was it, 28 nothing before anybody blinked an eye or went up for a second beverage or a snack refill? That game was an absolute disaster. Uh, and that's exactly probably what it should have been because the Giants were w- far ahead of schedule, way ahead of schedule as far as developing the team under Brian Dayball, um, getting their new plan in place. And the Eagles had two weeks off, and just because Jalen Hurts had been injured, everybody was wondering if the Eagles had any gusto or if they had any momentum to build on. Turns out he can still run. Turns out he can still throw. And that is a pretty nasty defense. But it wasn't a great day of football. So now we look to divisional round Sunday, day two of the best weekend of football, or so it is supposed to be, with a 3 o'clock tilt, the rematch or the resumption, if you will, of the game that was paused, unfortunately, in Cincinnati with the DeMar Hamlin cardiac arrest a few weeks back. Now it's Ben's gals up against the Buffalo Williams in what will be a very emotional scene once again at Highmark Stadium. And then at 6.30, the ultimate wild card of Divisional Weekend. Which version of the Dallas Cowboys shows up to take on the Purdy one and the 49ers? Good morning, Mr. Hart. I have filibustered long enough, hopefully, to overcome any technical issues. How are you, sir? I am... Just thoroughly entertained by your opening monologue. This is like a uh, great orator taking to the stump back in the Lincoln days, <laughs> prepping for his run for the presidency. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good, and I agree with your uh, tone. I didn't, um, you know, I think sometimes we do put too much into the NFL. It's great. We know it's the king. We see all those like TV charts where it's like 97 of the top 100 programs mm-hmm. are NFL, and we, and we put mm-hmm. it on this pedestal of. It's going to entertain us every game, every week, every quarter, every half. And sometimes we're disappointed. And I thought yesterday was was sort of disappointing because other than the Mahomes injury, the Chiefs controlled the game. And then the night game was just, you know, the Peter out bowl, as I called it, on Mm. the Rich Keefe show this week. And I kind of expected that the Giants would Peter out and they absolutely petered out. And the Eagles showed they're not ready to peter out they're not a regular season fraud that maybe is a year ahead of schedule in their own uh explosion or ascension to number one seed status but um so hopefully today's better because today does have the game of the weekend in my opinion in in bill's Bengals. that's the quarterback showdown to my two favorite personal quarterbacks in the national football league right now mm-hmm. so that's the one that i really care about and really hope doesn't let us down but you know, the NFL's not perfect. They can't give you 60 minutes of great football every time nope. they take the field. And yesterday was good, not great. Yeah, what you're not going to get is, uh, so far, it doesn't appear as though we're going to get a team like the Bengals last year coming on to just some sort of unbelievable, miraculous, who could have seen them being such road warriors run. I mean, obviously, they won the first game last year against the Raiders at home. It was a better game than I think a lot of people may remember. And then they go on the road and... Tannehill throws three picks, and then, of course, the insanely uh, remarkable 21-3 down comeback to defeat the Chiefs in Kansas City. Part of me still wonders, Andy, not to go too far off topic with that, but part of me still sort of wonders, the same way that we found out later on that Tua Tungavailoa was hurt against Green Bay in the game on Christmas Day that ultimately uh, put the Packers in a position uh, to try to make the playoffs and was good for the Patriots and uh, took him out for the rest of the season, but... Do you still sort of wonder if Mahomes was more dinged up 
uh, in that game last year against the Bengals than he was led on because to to be up twenty one to three, and I know they blew it by going for a touchdown right at the end of the half on that terribly executed screen pass to Tyree Kill. But do you still wonder maybe if he was kind of dinged up in that second half because that was the worst half of football I ever saw one of the greatest talents to ever take a snap under center play. And that includes yesterday when he couldn't put any weight on his foot. Yeah, and I think you saw yesterday how much of a competitor he is. And mm-hmm. it's it's a little Brady-like. We used to always get these things where we would maybe find out, oh, Brady had this, Brady had that, ribs, mm-hmm. shoulder, elbow, and mm-hmm. you don't know about it at the time. Because that's what the great competitors do. Like, I always mocked Ben Roethlisberger. We always knew every, like, ingrown toenail that Ben Roethlisberger had. And I'm not saying he's not tough. Mm-hmm. But he made sure people knew he was tough. He made sure people knew exactly what was going on with his body. Brady was not in that uh, same mold, and I don't think Mahomes is. I don't think Mahomes wants you to know everything that's going on uh, about him, and I think he plays through things that we haven't known about, we'll never know about, and certainly that was a possibility last year. And and I do think that's one of the things. He doesn't come off as a tough guy. Like, Can we agree on that? The voice, the look, the he doesn't scream tough guy. What are you that's talking about? His, right, exactly. But that's part of his makeup. Like he, that I mean, his toughness took it to a new level yesterday. Um, just with the frustration of him having to go to the the locker room when they made him right. get it X rayed and and miss the drive to Henny, who by the way, they drove to a touchdown and they won the game by a touchdown. So we should probably celebrate Chad Henny, who has more yeah, we, career interceptions than touchdowns. But he we did might want to pump yesterday. his tires a little bit today because that like twice he's come into divisional round matchups for the Chiefs when they've needed him against the against the Browns. He made that great play to end the game when the Browns were trying to stage a furious comeback a couple years ago. And yesterday he comes in, 98-yard drive. That's pretty damn impressive. No question. But it did change the game dramatically because you watch the way the game started. It was all with Mahomes moving. Everything was moving. You know, they ran the speed option to the left. They were, you know, running left, rolling back, running out. They they do those little half rollouts and then hit Kelsey in the middle of the field when he fakes blocking and everything in their game plan seemed to be based on moving Mahomes around. Mm-hmm. And then they couldn't move Mahomes around and they had to adjust on the fly and and they did what they needed to do to win the game and that's all you really care about if you're Kansas City now in your fifth straight AFC title game knocking on the door of chasing the Patriots and what they had been for so long and Mm-hmm. One thing I want to get into later at some point, Andy Reid became the first coach in NFL history with 10 wins in the postseason for two different franchises. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid is still an underrated coach, underrated coach, underrated head coach. He is a great, great coach who I think a lot a of people Is he a great coach, mocked. Andy, or is he a great play caller who happens to also be, who happens to be a good coach? Because I, what's, what's the difference? He wins. Yeah. Don't we give Belichick credit for winning? Sure we do. Like, I would argue that Belichick's greatness is winning. You know I've pushed back against he's the greatest of all time and Paul Brown and what is his impact on the game and lasting this and that. Like, he won better than anybody. Andy Reid has done it with multiple teams and multiple quarterbacks. And when he finally got the really good quarterback, the great quarterback, that's when he got his ring. And that's when I think a lot of people decided, "This this is a pretty good coach. Well, he was a pretty damn good coach when he took Donovan McNabb to three straight NFC title games and mm-hmm. a Super Bowl and Alex Smith and everything he's done, Nick Foles and various guys he's had along the way. Andy Reid is at least the second best coach of this generation, and I bet you if you're a Andy Reid proponent, you might try to make an argument that he might be the best coach of this generation. 
Yeah, I mean, there. Are, it's funny because there are people like yourself that will champion him as an underrated coach, um, you know, t- tossing around superlatives like great, tremendous, terrific, etc. And you're not wrong. I mean, it's also your opinion and everyone's entitled to it. And then there are those, the detractors. I think he's now 20 and 16 in the postseason all time. So obviously he's been bumped 16 times. Now you can look at it like, well, he's also made it at least 16 times, uh, if not more. He's he's perpetually in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely, he's an incredible play caller. He's Remember got when a, we used a to go to the playoffs? For putting together an, he's got a knack for putting together a tremendous offense. Um, yes, he he is underrated. But then how come they like who's lost more AFC championships? Who's who's been bumped more times in recent memory from the postseason at home when they're a favorite? Like. It's it's weird how polarizing people's opinions on Andy Reid are. I happen to think he's a great coach too, and I think it's kind of I think it's a little too lazy, or like it's an easy way out of a take to just be like, yeah, but he always chokes. Like, sure, he needs a generational talent like Mahomes to get back there, but he also identified him and he groomed him and he's helped turn somebody who, as Shime said earlier during the producer show, doesn't have the greatest mechanics, but has a knack for making things happen and an improvisational ability that I've never seen a quarterback have before. And they've turned it into one of the most dynamic offenses, a perpetually good team with a slightly underrated defense. Now, five straight AFC championships. If Brady and Belichick hadn't gone eight straight, people would be heralding this as maybe one of the greatest teams of all time, even if they only have one ring. So I do agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you say that Andy Reid needed a generational talent to finally win it bill belichick needed the greatest of all time to win almost anything in his career so you know i i think we can go back to that argument where i firmly believe every great coach needs a great quarterback great player in any sport to really get over the hump and and reach Mm -hmm. true heights of greatness but the one thing he can always say and the one thing it looks like we will never say about bill belichick is reed did it in multiple cities moved on from one franchise and built another franchise into a Super Bowl contender and champion, and doesn't look like we're going to get that uh, that opportunity to watch Belichick do that. Uh, probably Hopefully. not. However, if <laughs> if I had to hazard a guess, maybe not. But who knows? Because uh, we've had a very interesting two weeks in Foxborough. We may actually have, and some are even speculating as soon as tomorrow, we may have news of a new offensive coordinator coming to town with the Patriots after five. That's right, count them, five interviews via video conference this past week. We will break those down in just a moment. One quick question for Andy Hart before we go to the break. Andy, irresponsible to put in Patrick Mahomes, knowing not only is he the greatest asset the Chiefs franchise has, but their only ticket back to the ship if not to win a second championship seeing seeing that chad henny drive would you have allowed mahomes to talk you but talk himself back into the game or would you have said i don't care get some rest some ice some compression some elevation on that thing because i think we can win this and we're going to need you next week and if not in a couple of weeks in arizona um i would have put him back in because once he has the x-ray and the x-rays are negative there is, and we went down this whole road of high ankle sprains with Mac Jones and no mm-hmm. displacement of the bone. Once you realize the bone's not displaced, it's kind of a pain management, um, support management thing, and he, he obviously got it taped there. Yep. So, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there's very little risk of uh, extended damage. Um, so I think it was a, a relatively um, managed and controlled situation with the medical staff once he has the x-ray and you know he's not out there on you know, a broken uh, broken leg or anything of right. that nature. So, I, I would, yeah. yeah, I was okay because you you need to advance. Like, you can't really think ahead. You're still in a relatively close game. And uh, even with yeah, him back was, out it was, there. It was close. I, mean, I know. But were they a better team with Chad? I mean, because 
you could see no. he was clearly compromised. He like he couldn't no. he he couldn't even better. slingshot the ball because he could barely. Now it was a nice throw to Valdez Scantling on that touchdown drive that he say, engineered. In the he's second better. Half. He sh- he proved he's better jumping up off his left foot and avoiding his right than Chad Henney will ever be. Sorry, Chad Henney. It's just the reality. <laughs> Half of Mahomes is better than a hundred percent Henney. There you go. Perfect take to go into break. 617-779-7937. It is WEI Football Sunday. When we come back, we will discuss the five candidates who made their way via Zoom to Foxborough this week to talk about taking over play calling on the 2023 New England Patriots. Who's the front runner? Who's your favorite? What we've heard and more. Tommy Curran at 11 o'clock joins the show. But first, here's our guy, Ethan, trending now. The Rich Keith Show, weeknights starting at 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now at WEEI and WEEI.com. The first half of the NFL divisional round is in the books as the Chiefs have punched their ticket to a fifth straight AFC championship game. Patrick Mahomes sustaining an ankle injury during the game, forcing him out for a series where Chad Henney led the Chiefs on a 98-yard scoring drive. X-rays during the game came back as negative, but he is set to have an MRI today to have it looked at further and determine what is going on with that ankle. Eagles stomping the Giants 38-7 as Philly made easy work of their division rivals. They'll be hosting the NFC Championship game against the winner of today's Cowboys and 49ers games. And speaking of that, you can catch both of the two remaining games for the divisional round here on WEEI and on the free Odyssey app. Coverage of those games begins at 2.30 p.m. with kickoff for Bengals at Bills set for 3 and Cowboys and 49ers set for 6.30. The Bruins are hosting the San Jose Sharks tonight. Puck drop for that game is set for 7 p.m. And the Celtics bench stepping up last night without Jason Tatum in a 106-104 to win over the Toronto Raptors. Grant Williams finishing the game with a career-high 25 points. Marcus Smart and Rob Williams both went down in the second half, but they are expected to be okay, so some good news on that part. They play again tomorrow night in Orlando against the Magic. Tip-off for that game is at 7 p.m. It's the football postseason win or go. Go home, and the Boston Sports Original has all the news, all the takes, and all the games. WEEI's coverage of the NFL playoffs is sponsored by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. I'm Nathan Risadulu, and that's what's trending here at WEEI and WEEI.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The simple answer here is the correct answer. And bringing in a guy, again who has the background in the offense, who's going to be able to seamlessly come in here and get the job done. I just, I look at this as such a critical point with your young quarterback, and I've made this comparison before. I think the Patriots are right now where the Dolphins were with Tua Tungvaloa last year, where they really didn't have answers on who they have as a quarterback to the point where they're ready to make a decision on potentially a $30 million 50-year option or extending the guy. And so now, in his third offseason, they've got to do things to try to put pieces around him where they can get clarity on the quarterback. One way to do that is to go with the safest guy, the safest pick, as your offensive coordinator, and that's very clearly Bill O'Brien. 
Sports Illustrated and Monday Morning Quarterbacks Burt Breer appearing on NBC Sports Boston earlier this week discussing the likelihood of Billy O. That's right, the legend of Billy O, Bill O'Brien, being brought back from whence he came after his interview on Friday, the fourth of five interviews this past week for offensive coordinators, all conducted at the stadium via video conference. As the New England Patriots announced last week uh, via a Tuesday night press release, they would be conducting a search for an offensive coordinator. We wonder now if they have found that man and when they may make the announcement. This is WEI Football Sunday with Fitzy and Hart. We're with you till 2.30 p.m. today, and at that time, we will take you to coverage of Bengals at Bills. We've got room for you at 617-779-7937. Andy, do you, first of all, I think we both agree that the clubhouse leader for the job is Bill O'Brien, correct? Uh, Yeah, I mean. He should have gotten the job a year ago, but we don't need to go back down that road, I guess. Yes, and also Nick Cayley should have been interviewed for the job a year ago as well, yes. but here we are. I can't undo the past. I cannot I cannot perform multiverse madness like Doctor Strange and undo things that have been done. We try to learn from our mistakes and make the best of what we got. However, I get the feeling that there's this belief in Pat's Nation, or at least around New England, that bringing Billy O'Brien back in just at least having it now we I think we can all agree having a competent play caller will improve the watchability of the Patriots will improve the entertainment factor make them a, a better team how much of a better team we're not we're not entirely sure but I get this feeling that some people believe that he's like this magic potion like that he's just going to be this guru who's going to come in fix everything and all of a sudden the Patriots will be 10 11 wins next year back in the wild card hell, maybe competing for the division that all of a sudden he'll unlock everything and make for a dynamite or dynamic, at least, Patriots offense. Do you get that same feeling, and do you think that's uh, a bridge too far for Pats fans? Uh, I don't think it's a bridge too far. I mean, you were a half of football from making the playoffs this year. We saw what Mac Jones could be with Josh McDaniels and Josh McDaniels and Billy O mm -hmm. from the same pipeline, same experiences to some degree here in New England. Um, I find it interesting with Billy O is that there's these very, it's a little Mac Jones-like. There's a little comparison, I think, between what could be Mac's new coach and play caller and Mac himself that I think there are some that think Billy O is the be-all, end-all, cure-all. Mm -hmm. Then I think on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's people that don't want him, that said he never won a thing in New England. He was in the drought years. and Really? Oh, yeah, there's a strong group of uh, maybe a vocal minority. You know, it's always tough to judge these things based on Twitter right. and phone calls and text lines. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a small group that's vocal, and they're not wrong. He's never won anything. Hell, one of the arguments from our friend Mike Rodak is Billy O didn't win the last two years at Alabama, and when you don't win over two years at Alabama, that's called a major slump for the organization down there. The I heard him the, uh, earlier this week with you on the Rich Keefe show. It was a really good interview, and I do remember when he joined us a couple of years ago, I think it was perhaps January of 2021, and said he would not use the 15th overall pick on Mac. Spoiler alert, they did. And this week, he was espousing the idea that in Alabama, like they're, they're begging the Patriots or some NFL team to take him off their hands, and they want him gone. To which I say again, Sorry, Bama. Did he give up 52 points to Tennessee? Right. But Nick Saban cannot be criticized, as Mike pointed out. He is God, not only of football, but basically God of the state of Alabama right now and will never hear the complaints of the fan base. But, you know, there's so there's those that think Billy O is this overrated, 
you know, easy, low-hanging fruit name that really isn't going to bring much success to New England. And then I think there's the reality. And the reality is in the middle is that he's an experienced, competent candidate for the job. He has a long history of calling plays. He's had success in a variety of places. Maybe not championship success, but success. And I think he automatically, first of all, we know that anybody but Matt Patricia is going to make you better in all likelihood. Mm -hmm. But We're off the anybody but Patricia train because you and I have a tacit agreement not to give him the business or mock him because it's low-hanging fruit. It was easy. Right, right. Um, And when I say he didn't do anything wrong, like he took a job that everybody knew he wasn't qualified for. So the results were obvious, even though, yes, Mm -hmm. he didn't call plays great. Maybe he was too chatty and maxi ear and pissed him off, all those various things. But the Billy O'Brien, to me, if, if, if you just called him Joe Average, just like gave him a different name, Chuck Smoke, and he was a candidate. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Uh, Chuck, you, you don't just get to drop like uh, a private detective action star or adult film actor name like Chuck Smoke and not have me make a big issue of it. Fitzy, you know we've had this discussion. My new favorite hobby is starting sentences that I don't know how I'm going to finish them and just going boom and living live, baby. Oh, uh, man, we, you are a locomotive without brakes, my man, and it is, a, it is a downhill track. And I enjoy the ride sometimes, sometimes. But if, but if I told you, you know, you have this guy that has ties to the organization, he's worked there and had success there, has ties to the quarterback from a different organization, has coached where the quarterback came from, might be able to just meld different schemes that might be... Uh, beneficial to the quarterback, I think just that 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 generic Chuck Smoke candidate, people would be mm-hmm. like, wow, you're pretty lucky he's available. A guy with those types of tie-ins to the quarterback, the organization, the background. So I, I just don't know how you cannot think Billy O'Brien is the best candidate right now, unless you're all in, and, and I leave this open to to anybody that has more knowledge than I do. Because I like Nick Cayley. Do I mm-hmm. know that Nick Cayley's going to be a great coordinator? Nope. Couldn't possibly know that. Nor Couldn't have done worse same... than Patricia last year, though, and I can guarantee you No, no, no. That. Forget that. No, I don't okay. give a rat's right, Sorry. I, f- I went back. All right. I'll take a lap. Sorry. That's water under that bridge. We've moved on. You just broke your own damn rule. We're not damn talking it. about Patricia last year. We're talking about the future. And mm-hmm. Nick Cayley, Sean Jefferson, Keenan McCardell, Adrian Clem. They're, they haven't been offensive coordinators. They certainly haven't been offensive coordinators at the NFL level. We can't possibly know how they would handle the job with Mac here and the talent around him. Right. They're complete unknowns. Billy O'Brien has been to the playoffs multiple times with the Texans. He went to the playoffs with bad quarterbacks. Like He has proven himself in terms of accomplishments much more than the other candidates. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. That's just a simple fact of the situation. So, yes, it's... I don't know if it's quite Billy O'Brien or bust because at least they have other candidates this year, mm-hmm. but it's it's yeah Billy O'Brien's still the best case scenario. I'd like to also remind everybody that Billy O'Brien, for being involved in those hammock years, the in between the sandwich years, if you will, of the two bookends of the double dynastic run, he's not a winner. He never won a Super Bowl. You know, right. blah blah. And if Gronk played on two feet, that, he'd have that's a Super what Bowl I was just rank. literally like, just. What are we doing? Wow, we have spent way too much time together. No, it's uh, just the simple. People are so simple in their views. I blame mm-hmm. Mike Felger for this, quite honestly, because Mike Felger is the poster yeah, boy yeah. for this. Like, yeah. like. The Patriots never won with Randy Moss. Randy Moss is a dog. You can't win with the type of player that Randy Moss is. And yet they led with two minutes to go in a Super Bowl, and he had one of the greatest seasons you'll ever see. They absolutely could have and probably should have won the Super Bowl if they didn't have a bad defensive call and leave Ellis Hobbs by himself. Thank you. The jailbreak bricks was the worst. I called it jailbreak, sorry. 
That was it. Yeah, it's thank okay. you. I hate that call. Oh, my God. That's one of my five least favorite plays in the history of the Patriots. And it's not just because a touchdown was thrown to ice the worst loss in Patriots history. It was because they called a jailbreak blitz. And even Seau was trying to wave it off, and he couldn't get uh, Dean P's attention in time. And Moss trolled him about it the entire rest of his time in New England. People forget this. He trolled Dean P's ad nauseum until they traded him away have. in 2010. He should have, because people like Felger have used that as a as a like a, a, a notch in their bedpost of the idea that Moss couldn't win. Moss is a dog. Ma- Moss, Moss could have and should have won. It would have changed his view of, of and it just makes no sense to me. And I think this is. A similar situation. People just get so caught up in simple-minded facts, and yes, they're facts. Randy Moss never won a title. He never helped the Patriots to a title. Was Dan Marino a dog? That he couldn't. Right. Like it's just so stupid. It's such. It's it's overly simplified sports takes, and for some reason, it's it's accepted and popular these days. I think ESPN caters to it all day long, mm-hmm. and social media caters to it all day long, and it's frustrating. But I guess it is what it is. But the point that you brought up, which was on the tippity-tippity-tipperoo of my tongue, was that if the tiki doll, the human kryptonite of the New England Patriots, Bernard Pollard, who was in coverage on Welker when he blew his knee out, who rolled into Brady's knee in 2008, and who was the guy who tackled Gronk from behind and tore up his ankle before Super Bowl forty-six, That's why every time I say Bernard Pollard, i got to put a whole fiver in the, the family swear jar. If Bernard Pollard doesn't make that tackle, they they beat the Giants easily in Super Bowl Forty Six, and, and that, that was Bill, Billy Bill O'Brien's offense was rolling fabulously. Yeah, Billy O'Brien's a winner. He's so much a he's a much greater coach. No, he didn't change one bit as a coach. In fact, you could argue that he had the Patriots a hail mary away without Gronk being able to run, mm-hmm. and Gronk was actually you know feet away, inches away from catching said hail mary. But mm-hmm. the fact that he had them in that game to win it, maybe that says something about. Billy O'Brien being a good coach, but for some people, it's overly simplified. It's championships, it's rings, it's it's what you and your people have become in New England. All tight, no, 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 no. I'm not with the, I'm not with them on that. Don't you dare call. Don't you? It's way too early. It's too early for you people. What you mean, you people? Hold tight. First, first of all, not only was Billy O'Brien calling a great game in Super Bowl Forty Six, Brady was on a heater. Didn't he throw sixteen complete passes in a row? There's two plays that did them under in that game, and I'm not even talking about. That dime that uh, was thrown to Manningham by Eli Manning on that fourth quarter drive. No, it's two plays. It's Brady's ridiculous long bomb he threw that was intercepted when he got Gronk down the field and Gronk was hobbling on that bomb and Chase Blackburn picked it off easily because it hung up in the air too long and Gronk couldn't go for the ball, the 50-50 pass. And then the the misthrow to Welker or the drop, however you choose to view (coughs) it. Misthrow, misthrow. We say misthrow around here. See, six I'm, rings officially calls that a misthrow. Well, you started half with of six throw, rings so I'm does. You be, stick with it. You still no, you have to make the catch. First. David Patton made a more difficult catch in Super Bowl 36. Come on. Cry me a river. You're right. It's a 50-50. We'll give it's, it 50-50. They can both wear that one. But Bill O'Brien is a good coach. I See, I, I think Billy O coming back in my whole offseason plan. I know your offseason plan. Bring in a coordinator, get a wide receiver number one, get a dominant left tackle in the New England Patriots. They won't, Boom, quote, playoffs. be back, baby but they'll be well on the road to recovery. And we'll get into more of Andy Hart's offseason plan for the New England Patriots and how the road back to relevance and success in playoffs is going when we do the high nooner of Andy's Sunday 7, available now at weei.com. To me, Andy, I want boring this offseason. Billy O'Brien, he works here. 
He gets along with Bill. Bring him back, number one. Number two, we need an offensive line coach. Give me someone else who has done it at the highest level, done it multiple times, and has been successful. Give me Doug Marone. I don't want someone else who hasn't done it or like, nah, get, you know, uh, uh, let's take a chance on this guy. The idea that maybe some of these some of these offensive coordinator candidates came in, so Belichick, not you know picking their brains for ideas, but rather maybe seeing if they might be available for other jobs, like perhaps uh, he wants to bring in Sean Jefferson onto the offensive coaching staff because he's a lame duck in Arizona now that he was part of Cliff Kingsbury's staff and Kingsbury is over on a one-way ticket to Thailand. Okay, that you know that's interesting. Could Clem be coming in for the offensive line coach here? Perhaps, yeah, and he, you know, that interview is is couched as a head uh, offensive coordinator interview. Who knows? I would, I don't think that's below board, and I wouldn't wouldn't put it past Belichick. But I just want people that have been successful, that have done this before, that work well with Bill, that he respects, so we can just sort of like I want to stabilize the offense, so we can make our judgment that we need to on Mac Jones. To me, that is my new recalibrated postseason priority for the new england patriots give me give me tried true boring and belichick i like tried true and boring i don't know where belichick is on the list we'll see but uh no i agree with you on the the other coaches if if it's a foregone conclusion okay i'm not going to say that because i don't want to give him in rooney rule trouble but if billy o'brien is the best candidate and Mm -hmm. if billy o'brien gets the job yeah, I don't hate the idea of interviewing Adrian Clem, getting to know him and saying, hey, by the way, uh, we actually gave Billy O the job. Would you want to be his offensive line coach? Or, you know, Mike Giardi, when we talked to him for the latest Six Rings podcast that's available Excellent now. Excellent podcast. And anywhere you get podcasts, including com, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else, uh, brought up the idea that even though Troy Brown is a legend around here, the wide receiver position hasn't exactly been a position of strength. We we see spacing and confusion and penalties. Mm-hmm. Could they be looking to upgrade the coaching at the wide receiver position? Um, moving maybe forward, move maybe move Troy. Didn't someone suggest maybe Troy Brown, if Nick Cayley leaves, could go over to tight ends and you bring in Sean Je- uh, Sean Jefferson, perhaps? Yeah, it's interesting with Troy Brown because he's coached running backs, returners, and wide receivers so far. Mm-hmm. And you would think wide receiver would be the most natural. Uh, coaching position for him that's the position he played at a very high level Mm -hmm. Um, but yes I I think he could continue to move around I I even saw I think Reese alluded to he could be the head coach of the um, which bowl is it the collegiate bowl NFL no not the collegiate East West Shrine Bowl that he may be the head coach you know the Patriots staff is there Mm -hmm. that he may be um, coaching uh, being the head coach that because I think Bill just quote-unquote oversees it Bill's not Mm -hmm. actually coaching um, but Troy Brown's an interesting guy. Where is his future in New England? And could Sean Jefferson and or Keenan McCardell's interviews for head coach also include them interviewing for maybe different roles, wide receivers coach, passing game coordinator, whatever titles. Doesn't it seem like we're going to have an uptick in titles this offseason? That's the one thing I feel pretty confident yes. with. Uptick in titles. Not not the real titles, not the one we used to collect come February. <laughs> but I think titles will be given out this offseason on the coaching staff at a much higher rate than has been the case in the past. And I think also the Patriots are going to do what you and I have been begging them to do for quite some time, which is size up the coaching staff. They have one of the smallest coaching staffs in the NFL, and the brain drain on the sidelines the last couple of years has been seismic. I mean, they, they there's, too, there's too many people trying to do – there's too few people trying to do the jobs of too many. And when Matt Patricia has never coordinated a passing attack or an NFL offense before, and he's trying to reverse engineer a game plan, having been mostly on the defensive side of the ball – and he's the offensive line coach, 
and he basically divests himself of that responsibility halfway through the season, tops, so that he can put it in the arms of Billy Yates, who's only been an offensive line assistant. Look at the, I mean, before we even get into what you mentioned before, the spacing issues and the bad play calling and the quick game, the offensive line, which is the cornerstone of having an effective offense in the NFL, was a mess. It was a yeah. me- it was a it was a mess all season. Look what look what look how bad Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, a team obviously that was not even in that game from the minute it was snapped on Monday night. Look how bad they looked because Brady got mauled Monday night and they had the worst running game in the NFL down in Tampa. Sometimes it, the complicated matters really are that simple. And we see it with all the I mean, hell, most of the teams that are still playing have dealt with offensive line issues for better or worse. In recent years, the Chiefs, we saw the Super Bowl a couple years ago where the offensive line was a debacle. Then they invested in the offensive line. Yesterday, when their quarterback goes down, they decide we got to protect him. we got to run the ball. They were able mm-hmm. to sort of transition with that offensive line. We've seen Joe Burrow. They invest in the offensive line to mixed success, but they realize the importance of that offensive line, even though they already have elite playmakers, elite quarterback, all the other aspects of a winner. So... Yeah, I think we've seen prime examples with prime teams over the last couple of years. That offensive line is where it starts, and Patriots offensive line was not good. This, particularly the tackle position um, was not good this year, and that is uh, probably something that needs to be addressed soon this offseason once you figure out who your coaches are going to be. Are you excited about Billy O'Brien possibly coming in as the new, once it, well, sort of new, if you will, new Patriots offensive coordinator? Are we making too big a deal about the impact Billy O'Brien could be having and is Bill Belichick possibly putting together a new offensive staff based around the offensive coordinator interviews of the past week? 617-779-7937. That's your number. We have room for one or two more callers. But when we come back, Steve, Jerry, Dan, we will speak to you, the good callers of WEI and Pat's Nation here on Fitzy and Hart's WEI Football Sunday. Three, four. Fitzy and Hart back with you on WEEI Football Sunday. Today, of course, brought to you by our friends at Wise Snacks. It's the football postseason, win or go home, and Boston Sports Original has all the news, all the takes, and all the games. WEEI's coverage of the NFL playoffs is sponsored by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of a 100 authentic pro football jerseys. Also, shout out to the good people at Wise for the snack drop as they have filled our studio with a number of popcorns, potato chips, dipsy doodles, and all my favorites. A dipsy doodle, underrated name for a snack, and also uh, a great snack, Andy. Good chip integrity, something I always valued, of course, and I know you are a bit of a chip expert yourself. Well, yes, because Wise, especially their ridged sour cream and onion, are quite lickable. And anybody who listens to WEI knows I like to lick the seasoning off my potato chips. Right, now, see, I brought it up because I knew it was like kind of a sweet spot for you, and now I'm sorry I did because I'll never look at a Ridgey the same way again. It's so good, and you, if you really put a little pressure on it to get it out All of the, right. the valleys, you got to have a good chip oh. that holds up to it. <laughs> I've known peaks, but whenever I have to hear about you licking chips, I know valleys. <laughs> to the phones we go. Let's hear your thoughts on the Patriots offensive coordinator interviews and the possible return of Billy O'Brien. To Little Roadie we go. Our pal Jerry is on the line. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Uh, doing very well. Thanks for calling. Yeah. I, well, I actually got to cry foul because I didn't hear any any talk about uh, – I, I wouldn't have wasted a phone call, but I totally agree with getting rid of uh, Troy and putting a whole new offensive staff in. I've never heard Belichick interview so many people for – offensive positions and i'm just thinking that he's trying to put a whole new staff together myself i agree with you 
Yeah, and now the one difference is there was not as much uh, transparency or open reporting on interviews in the past, so we're never really sure who was interviewed for what. So that's a little different. But yes, this is this is interesting. And and Troy, even Troy potentially being the head coach of the the Shrine Bowl, I wonder if that's like a uh, golden parachute get his name out there because hey, we're not bringing you back to this staff. Yeah, enjoy the show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks for calling in, Jerry. We appreciate you. His line he is open at call. 617. What's that? He said he wasted a call. Well, I, I think he thought we weren't making you know, Well, First of all, it's never That's a waste deep. of a call when you join the Fitzy and Hart just, program on WEI Football Sunday or at any portion of the WEI broadcast day. That said, um, I'm glad we were able to uh, uh, you know, welcome him to the show and also yeah. discuss what was at the... What the heart of the matter for him as well. Now let's go down to, oh, let's move over one state. Russ is over in Connecticut. Oh, now he's got issues with Billy O'Brien. Hi, Russ. How are you? Hey, gentlemen. How are you doing today? We're doing Super. very well, my friend. Thank you. You? All right. I got two things. Um, Fitzy, I agree with you. Alabama's defense had everything to do with the losses this year. Mm-hmm. But the question, my question to you and to uh, – Andy, mm-hmm. who was the Heisman um, winner in 2021? Bryce Young. And who was his offensive coordinator? Billy O'Brien. Imagine that. Okay. <laughs> Imagine and they that. lost one. They lost one game that year to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay. This past year or this year, they've lost two games. And you're right, Fitzy, it was about their defense. So in two years, they lost three games, and I don't think it had anything to do with Billy O'Brien. My case is closed. Well done. I appreciate and thank you very case. much for the call, Russ. And I couldn't agree with I couldn't agree with you more. Yes, of course, a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback will make any offensive coordinator look good, real good. He'll put a nice shine right on top of that resume and those game and the game plans that he that he trots out. But I, again, like, and and we're talking about a Georgia team that is a you know Georgia just won back to back national championships. Uh, you know, before we put them in the hall of greatest teams of all time, let's also remember they are a missed field goal it was a very terribly missed kick, uh, hit kick as well from ohio state and also a jameson williams your boy andy um yep. y- your favorite receiver from last year's draft and lord knows what he may unlock this year on the detroit uh, lions offense now that ben johnson is coming back as offensive coordinator his if he doesn't get injured in that national championship they roll they, i think they they beat george as well in that game so for so for people to be like oh bill o'brien's not imagining enough bill o'brien's not he just didn't see the same way as saban uh did a pretty damn good job down there. But, you know, it's it's the what have you done for me? Like, this is it. Alabama is the entitled town. It is the it is the Foxborough of the Deep South, if you will, where the expectations have been raised by all of their accomplishments to such a degree that I wonder if anybody can ever be successful commonplace. And I know no one wants to uh, bring up this idea that poor Alabama doesn't have the talent, but Mike Rodak talked about the talent drop off at receiver this year mm-hmm. and he didn't have the same weapons and even last year without Jamison Williams when he got hurt and that, John that Mechie don't of, forget that was the end of their like elite pipeline because yes for a few years they had great wide receiver talent coming out of Alabama but this past year not so good I know he brought up a transfer that didn't work out as quite as well as they had hoped so and they were losing to Georgia who oh by the way had like 
20 first-round picks on an 11-man defense somehow. <laughs> they did. Weird. I think they literally had seven guys get drafted last year. You couldn't <laughs> yeah, watch ridiculous. a game divisional round weekend without hearing, and, of course, the defensive end rookie from Georgia. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, Billy O'Brien didn't live up to Alabama's ridiculously high standards for, you know, it's a ring or nothing else, win national title or bust. I still think he's a pretty damn good coach, and I think he's uh, – and, he, and his time at Alabama – is going to mm-hmm. help him, just like mm-hmm. his time in Houston and Penn State and everywhere he's been is part of why I'm so intrigued with him as the offensive coordinator. He's not just a returning fob. He's much he's much more uh, experienced than just being a fob, which I know for people is, is a little bit of an issue, a third rail right now. Oh, another fob, because the fobs last year, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, are big reason why the team failed. Well, Billy O'Brien is not the same kind of fob as Judge and Patricia. And I mentioned John Mechie as well, and out of curiosity, Andy, uh, during your most recent reply, I Googled his name and was pleased to see about a week ago at NFL.com, our old pal Nick Casario speaking with the local press, uh, actually, excuse me, speaking with a sports radio show down in Houston uh, about John Mechie, who, of course, uh, missed out on his rookie year because he was diagnosed with leukemia last July. Um, Nick Casario said, I say there's a chance he'll be ready for the start of the offseason program. I think there are still some things that he has to complete or go through. But quite frankly, it's amazing what he's done to this point. So a very positive update on um, a promising player who would be nice to see on Sundays this fall. Uh, One last call before we cut to commercials and then bring in our pal Tommy Curran for the start of the second hour of WEI Football Sunday. Your old pal Steve's in Fall River, Andy. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Let me bring it like the greatest caller in talk show history. If we don't know how good all these wide risk, all these OC candidates are, how do we know how good Gerard Mayo is? Who said we knew how good Gerard Mayo is? <laughs> I heard. What do you mean? He's got to be elevated to defensive coordinator. He might be a hot property. How the hmm. hell do we know? We don't even know what he does here in New England. Well, we do know to We're some over- degree. That he's heavily involved in the, during the week. He leads meetings. He is is sort of the voice of the defensive staff. We have some idea what he does, but all of but these guys are the unknowns place. until they elevate. All guys are unknowns until Here's they elevate. Know. It's the Peter principle. Like, you're the Peter principle of callers. You're great on the weekend. That's Sometimes right. you fail during the week. <laughs> okay. Here's the deal. We're way over. We're so out of touch overvaluating wide receivers. Excuse me, uh, c- coaches and coordinators. What if the tight ends coach got elevated last week? I'll give you. I'll tell you. It's about players. It's about personnel. If we haven't changed who's drafting for us and who's our personnel people, we haven't done very much because that's the heart of it. You mm, New York Giants. Super Bowl Steve, Steve, Steve. Let me just that- retort real quick. New York Giants. Uh, do you think Daniel Jones had another year under his belt? I'm not discounting. I'm not discounting quarterbacks. By the way, I'm, no, no, me, I'm not discounting, discounting the role of coaching. I'm yeah, not no. discounting it. I'm telling you, you're overvaluing it. How about the San Francisco 49ers? Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. About New York Giants. New England Patriots. You analyze those three teams and what happened Trevor from one Lawrence year to the next, and tell me coaching doesn't year. matter. Uh, what about say, I didn't say it didn't matter. I said we're making it like it, it's the only thing that matters. You talked about the Super Bowl and Randy Moss not getting mm. his Super Bowl title. Mm. Uh, and it's very stupid to say he didn't get it. Isn't it stupid to say Bill Belichick's the best coach in history because he has six Super Bowl titles without putting any context to it? 
Absolutely. Yes, it is. That's why it's I don't call him the greatest ever. That's why I don't call him the greatest okay. ever. Here's the, here's the other thing. You talk about that 07 Super Bowl. It wasn't personal decisions made in the offseason that cost him that Super Bowl. Not in-game. They could have had Ty Law back. They let him go. They could have had Adam Vinatieri kicking the 47-yard field goal instead of not kicking the 47-yard field goal oh. indoors and taking a fourth down. They were the greatest think, team in NFL think, history until the final two minutes of that game. And, Steve, we have to no, actually you thank said it was a, you. Okay, sorry to let you go, Steve. But no, I'm not sorry to... you did. <laughs> no, it's a, I mean, that Hi, was Steve, one of the better Steve you. calls. I gave, him, I gave him a chance. He mostly stayed on point, and I, I, don't, I may happen to disagree with his good, point, actually. but I don't think it was one of his more outra- outrageous or outlandish calls. But No, we, you're right. Uh, uh, using his calls as the uh, measuring stick, that was one of his better calls. That's like measuring the offensive coordinator based on Matt Patricia. What? Well summed up, Andy. An excellent first hour here on the WEI Football Sunday. When we come back, we will kick off hour number two with our guy Tom E. Curran from NBC Sports Boston. We'll pick his brain about the offensive coordinator interviews, how things are going down there in Foxborough, and a little bit everything else, Patriots. Don't go anywhere. It's Fitzy. It's Hart with Tom E. Curran on WEI Football Sunday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 